Welcome in, everybody, to a very special bonus episode of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. And uh, we teased it. We talked about it last week, but we have a special guest, Scott DeHuff, host of the DeHuff Uncensored podcast, which you can find anywhere and also a longtime producer and board engineer at the uh, Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. He came on and we had a great conversation about his journey into radio and broadcasting. Uh, we talk a lot about the Broncos and what he thinks about the season coming up for the NFL. Then uh, have some really fun stories towards the end of the rapid fire questions. It's a great episode. Uh, and you you guys will really enjoy the conversation that we have with Scott. Be sure to follow him at the Huff uh, podcast on Twitter and to Huff Uncensored on Instagram. That's where you can keep up with all his stuff. He has merchandise. And if you like just a random entertainment podcast where a guy just can go off the top of the head and introduce characters and everything like that, it's a great show to check out. So be sure to give him a listen, and uh, we really appreciate him coming on. But, uh, Nico, uh, we don't necessarily want to, you know, you don't want to stick your finger in anybody's mouth here. Uh, let's uh, let's be I've, on our best I've, behavior. I've heard a story about Scott with the Hall of Famer. You might, ha- might, might have been doing that. You might want listen to listen for that. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. I'm super excited here. We have another bonus episode, and it's going to be a a fun interview. It's not – this is our first interview with uh, somebody who wouldn't be considered an athlete, but it's still a big interview nonetheless. Former producer and board engineer for 104.3 The Fan here in Denver, and now the host of the Uncensored podcast, Scott DeHuff, welcome to the Far End of the Bench podcast. Thank you so much for uh, giving us some of your time and agreeing to come on and tell some good stories. Absolutely. My kids are, my wife's handling the children tonight, so I'm all yours. Awesome. Nico, I'm, I'm super excited for this. What do you, what do you think? I know you listen to uh, Altitude Sports Radio, but have you, did you ever listen to the fan when Scott was working on those shows? Of course, yeah. I, I got to take that trek, that 45-minute uh, trek, because I work up in Colorado Springs. So mm. I switch in between 104.3 and, and Altitude Radio now and then. So definitely caught a little bit of uh, Scott's, uh, Scott's stuff. And I love his show, too. His show has been awesome. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's a little bit different, the show that we're doing now. But, uh, you know, in the day and age, I just – you know, thank you, Scott, for agreeing to come on a show from just a random Twitter DM. I feel like that's, yeah. you know, it's a crazy time where we're living in, where we can kind of book podcast guests this way. Right. Well, kind of, yeah. It, it, yeah. No, it's great. Cause you guys reached out and I gotta be honest, I have no standards. So I figured why not? Let's just hop on with you guys. <laughs> I don't know it's if a that's good... a good or a bad thing with the no standards, but <laughs> I'll take it. You know what? I'll just I'll I'll roll it. I'll let it go as a positive. Um, <laughs> but uh, you uh, you mentioned we we kind of talked a little bit before we started recording about we're we're all in Colorado. Uh, are you native to Colorado? Did you move here? How did you kind of wind up out out here? Well, technically, I was born in in Phoenix. But when I was about a month old, my, my parents moved out here. So I'm kind of, you know, whatever. I, I consider myself a native, although technically on paper I'm not. But, yeah, I, I've, I've lived in Colorado basically my whole life. Went to high school in Broomfield, and I just I, – I love Colorado. I, I've traveled to other places, but 
there's really no other place, unless there's a beach involved, there's really no other place I'd rather be than Colorado. Has it been uh, the same kind of region? And and when you moved, did you you did you just adopt kind of the Denver sports teams as as kind of your own? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to live in a city and not enjoy the teams that you're around and that are there. I mean, I can't really break down the Nuggets or the Avs, but I support them. I'm fully behind them. Uh, Broncos, I mean, I got pictures of my brother and I when we were like four years old, four or five years old, wearing Bronco jerseys. I had no idea who, who Randy Gratishar was at the time, but I was wearing his jersey. But so, yeah, I've just, I've always been, especially with the Broncos, just locked in on the Broncos. I, I'm just a huge fan. And then the fact that I got into sports radio and then ended up covering the Broncos, that was just like, it's insane to think about, and especially some of the guys that I grew up watching and idolizing. And the fact that all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I'm John. Like the, one of the stories that I always think about, and it, it sounds silly to some people, I was covering Broncos training camp for the fan one year and I'm out there kind of watching practice and John Elway comes up and walks behind me and just starts like rubbing my shoulders and then pats me on the back and he's like, how's it going to Huff? And I'm like, Oh my God, John Elway just touched me. This is great. And it's just as a fan, as a kid, I just thought I would never imagine that that's, you know, being fondled by John Elway. I mean, you, who would have thought, you know, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's amazing. I mean, living here in Denver, like you, 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 we like to say that obviously, unfortunately, the Broncos haven't been as successful as the teams like the Avs and Nuggets, but this 100% is a football town still. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think like being able to cover teams like the, like the Paytons of the years or, or the Elways, like I think we've been very, very fortunate with some of the talent that's come through here, I'll say, to say the least. Absolutely. It's, it's insane to think about like, and it does suck because the past, what, what is it? Uh, five, six years, five whatever. Years, it's, yeah. yeah. It's just been crap. But then you think about those, those Peyton years. If, if Peyton doesn't come to the Broncos, that's a big drought of just crap football, but thank God yeah. that, you know, Elway was able to lure him in and I mean, and, and then save the day essentially save, you know, Broncos country a little bit from banging their heads against the wall for more and more years. But yeah, it, the fact that I was able to cover the Peyton years, I was one of the first people to, when he came in, we were like, there's a group of us media members as uh, Peyton was trying to find his parking spot. And this is the only time I've ever been like paparazzi. And the fact that he's like, He's in his car. He's trying to find where to go. You can see he's on the phone. And then we're all like, oh, my God, it's Peyton Manning. And we're all trying to take pictures of him in through his tinted windows. And just it was just a weird experience, and especially because previous to that, we had the Tim Tebow, you know, whatever you want to call that. But, I was going to say you were there. <laughs> you were also there during the Tebow years. We were talking about uh, the Tebow, well, obviously, since he just got cut. But we were talking about the DT catch. And then uh, Skip Bayless the other day on our most recent episode, we were talking about, you know, Skip Bayless is like trying to hold him up. You were working sports radio when he had that miracle overtime win and then went out the next week and got beat by 30. So, you know, that, that had to be just a crazy time to be in sports radio with the winning streak and the way they were winning. And then that playoff run, it was, I can't imagine what 
covering Tim Tebow must have been like? It was it was really weird to cover Tim Tebow because yeah, you would go into a grocery store and people would be like, I love Tim Tebow. He's so great. And be like, is he really great? Like, why do you like him? You like him because he's a good guy. You can't, I don't think you can argue that, that he's a good guy and he can run around. That's that was cool too. And he's a strong, good looking fella. But other than that, it's like he was he had a horrible arm. And it was just really weird because when they won that game, you're like, oh, geez, could he pull it off? And then, of course, no. But it was just it was it was very weird. It was really hard to get behind the team because their defense was really good. But boy, he just was the weakest link on on the team. I, I think the only people that can say that we love Tim Tebow because of his play style is Florida Gators fans. <laughs> Broncos yeah. fans, Jets fans, <laughs> uh, Mets baseball fans, everyone from in between there. We love Jaguars Tim Tebow. tight end fans. Yeah, Jaguars tight end fans. Like, we all love Tim Tebow because the guy he is. And I guess Broncos right. fans, we, the one, we have one moment that we'll always remember about him, but everybody else – they could care less about the players, more about the man. I, right. I'm just kind of thinking about because uh, we were in Nico. I think we were in middle school when he was drafted, and I got the notification that they dra- actually drafted Tebow. And I had heard everybody say, "There's no way he's actually going to get drafted." And lo and behold, the Broncos draft him, and not only draft him, but go pretty high. First like round, yeah. Duff, what was because you were covering that draft? Can you kind of think about the reaction that was, you know, from the guys around the radio station when that did happen and they drafted a guy like Tim Tebow? I think it was just more of a shock of like, ah, I don't know how that's going to work. You know, we're just kind of blindsided. You, you, it was more humorous in a, in a sense. Like I, I, I guess really the best way to describe it was we were just all just like, Oh, what the fuck are they doing like but okay let's see what happens who knows but i think the majority of the talent on on the station uh, on the fan and pretty much all of denver i think as far as the people in the know i think they all kind of just were like i don't see this working but you never know um i don't think there was ultimate immediate distaste for him yet but I, I think there was just hope and I mean, mean, you just never know. And I mean, we were dealing with Kyle Orton and Chris Sims trading back and forth quarterbacks every year. So post Jake Plummer, Denver Broncos. No, 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 not even that post Jay Cutler, not even Jake uh, yeah. Plummer, post Jay Cutler. <laughs> go back, go far that back. Um, but yeah, post Jay Cutler dealing with Orton. I think, Tebow was the great bridge. <laughs> he was a great bridge well, gapper. All Broncos country will only have one lasting memory, but after that, it was all see you later, well, on to better pastures. Nico, I think you said it in last episode that – that's right, because I listened. Uh, I think you were talking about how that if it wasn't for Tim Tebow, you don't get Peyton Manning. I mean, you got to think that, yes, you had the Tebow years, but, hey, it led to Peyton Manning. It led to two Super Bowls. One was embarrassing, but Super Bowl 50, hey, the Broncos won. And if it takes drafting Tim Tebow, who was a piece of shit quarterback, that's fine because they got two Super Bowls out of it. An amazing offense, like a historic offensive run for Peyton's stretch. And the fact that they topped it off with Super Bowl 50 victory, yeah, that's fine, whatever. 
that all worked out in the end, I guess. Uh, let's uh, kind of transition here. When uh, you're you're getting into the fan, was that the first radio station that you worked for, or had you been trying to get a job in radio before you got hired there? No, I actually that was my first job was in radio as far as radio goes. Because uh, before that, I was in the restaurant industry and grocery stores and stuff like that. But uh, as far as the radio industry, that was my first gig was when it was back when it was 950 The Fan. And I got an internship at KYGO, which is the sister station of The Fan. And I just did anything and everything I could. I was cleaning the prize closets. I was doing whatever the heck anybody wanted. And that's that's how I got on was I was just... Uh, the boss, Tim Spence at the time, uh, who's now with KOA, uh, he he saw me working and he's like, we got a job. You can work uh, <laughs> overnights. Uh, my first job was working midnight to 6 a.m. on the weekends. And then I would go wherever the heck I could. Uh, I just made myself available. And they're like, hey, you can you fill in 6 to midnight? And then you just do your your overnight shift too. I'm like, sure. I don't care. That's fine. I just did anything and everything I could, uh, to be relevant in the business. So yeah, I started off midnight to 6am at the fan and, and I did do, I always stayed at the fan, but I, I did do traffic reporting for a while, which was interesting and depressing because you're just like craving for accidents. And it, yeah. so well, you're just like, high oh, great. High, high police chase car things, right? Like, yeah, yeah. People get so excited for that. It was really sad because I remember one of the last days I worked as a traffic reporter. I was like, this is really sad because everybody was excited in the room. All the traffic reporters were excited because they just heard that there was a motorcycle crash with fatalities. And they're like, great, sweet. We have something to talk about for like four hours. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be in this anymore. I was like, this is disgusting. So yeah, that was, it, I've had an interesting route. I used to do be a fill-in reporter on nine news at one point with traffic. Um, that was fun. By the way, everybody at nine news, when I was back, the amazing people, awesome people, um, radio people, radio people are kind of dicks. <laughs> so the fact that I was able to work at nine news with TV people who just like totally everybody at nine news, Gary Shapiro, one of the greatest guys yeah. still around. Yeah. And he's really good at it. And he was just always so fucking nice. And I'll tell you one quick story. So uh, do you guys ever remember the, the weather guy, Nick Carter? I, I think I might. So anyway, I grew up watching, you know, nine news and everything. And so I'm at nine news doing traffic reports and I'm walking around. There's Amelia Earhart doing something. And then there's some other people and I see Nick Carter and I'm like, I got starstruck. Like I, like I've met all these other, you know, football players and whatever, no big deal. Like I've, I've met Barry Sanders who I used to dream about playing just like, and then I meet Nick Carter and I like, I couldn't speak. I was so starstruck and I'm like, hi, how are you? <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's fucking Nick Carter. But it was, it's just so weird. But uh, growing up, I just remember always watching my weather with him. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've really only worked at the fan, basically. It, 
It seems like a standard. I mean, I went to, when I was going, I was working at the college radio station and we had a couple of professors who worked in the radio business and they're like, you're going to have to find, basically have to wait for somebody to accidentally crack their door open and kind of kick your toe in, in the middle of it. Cause I know uh, the other guy that I talked to about radio stuff was uh, DMAC. I ended up reaching out to him and, and we had a phone conversation. He said, really it's a constant thing and once you get your kind of foot in the door so like you said cleaning out prize closets and then you hear somebody somebody hears you talking you're like oh maybe you can we can put you on the air here and there why not why we 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 need space filled and no dead air that kind of thing but um so it seems like that's kind of a standard radio story is you start somewhere else and then you wind your way back into what you were initially planning you you literally have to be available at a drop of a hat. And for me, I knew that I was tired of working in the restaurant industry. While I appreciate the restaurant industry, it just wasn't for me anymore. I was sick and tired of customer service and I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I, I kept seeing commercials for that, uh, what is now the Colorado Media School. And I, my wife is just like, you hate working in the restaurant. Maybe you should try this. So I get in, involved with that school and I just, it was just one of those things where when I was, when I finally got hired on by the fan, uh, I was still working at Subway because I was just, I was just trying to get some money. And anytime the fan was like, Hey, we have a, sh- we have this shift available tonight. Can you work it? I would just be like, yes, absolutely. And I'd call in to Subway. Or there was a time where they're like, can you run the board for Irvin Joe now? I'm like, yes, absolutely. I'll do it. I'll screw Subway. This is what I'm going to do. And then eventually I left Subway and went on to Chipotle because I needed, you know, money. Because that's the other thing about radio is you don't, especially the guys behind the scene, you don't make money. And and, and it's it's always hard to explain that to people. I remember at one point I was helping out at the school and I was teaching the Uh, some students at Colorado media school. And they're like, so when you say you don't make much money, what do you, what's a number? And I, and I felt bad afterwards because I felt like I kicked them all in the nuts because I was like, you're going to be lucky if you make, when you first get hired in radio for the first like year or two, you're going to be lucky if you make $15,000 a year, that's the truth of it. That being said, it, it can happen where you make more than that. Don't think that it can't because it, it can. But you got to be prepared to make jack shit in radio, especially behind the scenes. If you're a former athlete, it's easier for you to get behind the mic. It is. And that sucks for the guys that look at Mike Evans, who just grinded and grinded and mm-hmm. grinded. He did so many things. He wore so many different hats for forever at the fan and finally he got the opportunity to be a host with scott hastings and have his own show with scott hastings and then moving to uh working with joel clatt in the mornings and then of course now with mark schlereth so it was just you just got to be available and you got to be willing to move and you got to be willing to grind and it sucks at times because you're just like i am just getting fucked in the ass sorry but it's just like you're like you're just getting bent over backwards and it's like is this yeah. ever going to pay off so do you think that's something do you think that's a good thing for people to have if they're 
trying to go into media, is that a good piece of knowledge to have or should they kind of stay disillusioned or is there a middle ground? No, like realistically it's going to be difficult, but if I continue to actually grind and put in the work, it'll get to some something at some point. Well, you, that's a good question because you have to be a little bit disillusioned because you, it's like you guys with being a talent, you have to believe in yourself that you are talented. You have to, as, as weird and silly as that kind of sounds, it's like you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that you're bigger and better. Otherwise, what's, what are you doing? But you also got to acknowledge the fact of this might take a lot longer than it should, or I think it should. And that's, that's a hard thing. And, and that kind of goes with talent in general is you have to have that ego with you, but you also have to be, you know, willing to go, okay, well, okay. I got to take a reality check sometimes every now and then, but yeah. So I think you have to, you have to find the balance of that because you can't be all in and be like, I'm the greatest fucking thing there ever was. And then you be like, dude, you got to put in some fucking work. There's plenty of guys that I've seen that were somewhat talented, but they thought they were, they were amazing. And then the, the company would say, Hey, we need you to run the board, Brandon Crystal. And, and he would get all pissy be like, I was just on ESPN today. Why, why I don't, I'm too good to be running the board and be like, dude, sometimes uh, you just got to do it. And that's yeah. just the way it is. And I'm cool with Brandon. He's a little bitch sometimes, but we're fine. So don't, <laughs> don't worry. About it, either way. No, I think uh, that's the one good, uh, I, I prefer the fan when it comes to sports radio in Denver. And it's more because of the personalities. There's just some, it's a type of feel where you f think like everybody is actually friends. Like I, when I was listening to Evans and Clatt and then to Schlereth and Evans, it's almost like, do these guys just hang out? for 20 minutes before their show, they're just talking. I mean, they even, they have the whole bit. What are we even talking about anymore? Uh, it, it, it just seems like that, that kind of a place almost. Well, and that's the way when, when it was, uh, when it was Clat and Evans, that's really how we, we just would hang out in the breaks. And most of the time we weren't talking about anything that was going to be on the air it was a locker room type of feel, just shooting the shit. And I remember having plenty of times where we'd just be talking about whatever. And then when, when Schlereth came in, that went to a whole nother level because he's just a giant child in, a, in the best way possible. And th there's just way too many times. I don't think I would, if I were to put a percentage on it, I would say off air, we talked about 90, 95% of anything other than what we were talking going to talk about on the air. So we were always just BSing and, and that helped heighten the chemistry between everybody. Cause we were goofing around. We were just like poking fun of each other. I don't know how many times like stink would just come up to me and just say some of the most inappropriate things to me off air. And it's just like, some people would see it and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe he did that. And be like, dude, we're it's, it's a locker room. You got to have that buddy feel. And we did, we all were just, we're just, we're just friends like stink and Mike still talk to me. Now, everybody else at the station kind of ignores me now. Cause they're all a little bent out of shape, but to be honest, stink and Mike, they're, they're still good people. And they're, they do have that chemistry. Another good 
example of the talking constantly off the air and having fun is Stokely and Zach. They're best buds. Hell, those guys go out and play golf together constantly when Stokely's not playing with Peyton. But, you know, they're, they're best buds, and you have to have that chemistry behind the scenes in order to get that chemistry uh, behind the mic. Definitely. Um, I think that you've worked with, with a couple of the more entertaining guys, especially in sports radio with Joel Klatt, uh, his cowboy story that birthed the cowboy to Huff character. Uh, I try and find it every, every now and then and just listen back to it. Um, where he got beat up by the cowboy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> Nico, Cowboy, well, we might have to talk Scott into doing Cowboy Duff at some point during the episode because I, I think you'd get a kick out of that. But basically, essentially, Joel Klatt thought he was really tough and some cowboy from Wyoming just beat the absolute crap out of him. And uh, it birthed the whole whole section on the show. Um, well, no, actually, what it was was Klatt was doing TV for the Rockies because he was an analyst for the Rockies. And they're like, we're going to send you up to Cheyenne Frontier Days. And you're going to do analysis from there. Meanwhile, the game's going on at Coors Field or whatever. So they told him, Root, at the, uh, what was it, Root Sports, they're like, you need to go buy some cowboy gear. And this is at like 6.05 in the morning when he's bringing up the story. And then Mike Evans in my ear through the intercom is like, get ready to do a cowboy voice. And I'm behind the scenes. I'm like, I don't, what cowboy voice? I was like, I, and I, I hadn't really practiced one. So he's like, uh, let's, uh, all right, uh, let's actually go to our resident cowboy, the uh, Huff, cowboy the Huff. What do you think Joel Klatt should wear to Cheyenne Frontier Days or whatever? And I'm like, uh, hey, Joe, basically what you got to do is get yourself a, pair of britches make sure they're tight right around your balls and if you can look at yourself in the mirror and say my god i am all balls and these chains hell you ready to go and then we essentially did a, an entire show doing stupid ball jokes <laughs> talking about uh, you gotta have big balls for this big balls for that and the fact that management didn't come in and just pull the cord is amazing to me, but that's what it was. And, and Clatt's a real funny guy. And he was just almost peeing himself the entire episode. Uh, I was, I, those were the best mornings when Cowboy DeHuff would make an appearance, Connery DeHuff, <laughs> and it would go back and forth. And then uh, Stink would do his Arnold Schwarzenegger because he always <laughs> likes to tell a story about how he's three inches taller than Arnold Schwarzenegger, apparently. Yeah. But, uh, it and he'd be like, look at this guy's shoulders. He's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> How quickly did you, because you guys would have like, they would say gold, 15 seconds worth of audio gold, and you guys would have that cut really quickly um, just for like the audio drops. So was it, because I know it was you and Millennial Ben was yeah. a producer for a while. How do you guys work that behind the scenes? I know this. People probably people who aren't into radio is probably not going to be that much. But as a radio geek myself, I'd kind of, well, I like, I'm interested to know how that works. So we'd, we'd constantly on one of the monitors constantly be rolling on the show. So you'd always have that going. So my job and Ben's job was to constantly be listening 
one, you're kind of helping direct the, the show, making sure they're not too off track and all that stuff. But if they would say something, you'd be like, oh, cut that. And you literally, since you have, uh, you have Adobe Audition, you can, it's, it's a lot easier than people think. That's the, that's the mystery of radio is it's a lot easier than people yeah. realize. As that's long as you have the right. Mind. Yeah, it, and it, it works beautifully. And mm -hmm. the fan uses a, an easier version than like the one I have on my computer. So it's even easier. So we just go get that. And you, you, and since we're so used to looking at audio, you can really kind of see the waves and what's, what's what. So you just highlight it, copy, open up another window, paste it in there, trim it up. And you could have that turned around in 10, 15 seconds and ready to go, if not less, depending. But it's always one of those things where it, it there, what's annoying is there would be times where Ben would get it but the computer just is freezing and we're like, because you want it to, you know, fire back as quick as possible. But it was, a, it was a joint effort between Ben and I, and he, he got to be really good at it uh, by the time I left that he was able to just grab things for the most part on his own and then turn it around and just make fun of them for that. He doesn't even really talk. He just talks through the board and, and right. a lot of the times he, he gives it to, Slayers and Evan's pretty good through that board. It's kind of yeah. it's almost, and then it's almost like listening to Stephen Hawking argue with somebody, and you're like, "This is weirdly entertaining for a sports talk show." But uh, all right, Nico, I, I let him talk about radio for long enough. Let's uh, let's transition. What he thinks about your your guys's uh, donkeys this year? Donkeys. Yeah, I know his, his team hasn't won a playoff game in like forty years. So wait, wh who's your team? The Bengals. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. So. Hey, how do you spell Cincinnati, by the way? Just throwing that out there for you. Uh, there might be two T's. If you're from an Italian family, you think that there's two T's in about everything. So uh, I think there's two T's. It might be T-E-E -E for T. Higgins now. No, uh, uh, they got they got me pretty good, but I, I accomplished my goal. Everybody said that the Bengals were going to win the, the AFC North now. I don't know I, how likely that'll be, but we'll I did vote. I did vote the Bengals as well. And what's funny is I didn't even notice that you had the extra T in there. See, I was like, I, th I feel like it was like three people from Cincinnati saw it and then told the world, like called the other fifty people in the state, and they were like, "Screw, let's what go the, get this guy." This guy's so stupid. And then they say, and then they they use the wrong your when they're bashing you. Or make the same joke as three other people before them. And I'm like, I, I, I know that was yeah. funny. It was funny when he said it <laughs> anyway. Yes. Yeah. Moving on the Broncos. They're not a joke or maybe they will be who knows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like, obviously we are pretty far removed from Super Bowl 50 now, um, but I am very hopeful because, because I, because I try to be as much as possible because I look, because, First of all, obviously, I don't think we're going to have the same defense, obviously, as we saw in Super Bowl 50. But I think this is one of the best defenses we've had since then. And I think where the problem for this team is probably obviously going to be the offensive side. I want to see what your take was because I could see us going like 500 and competing for a wild card spot. And I could also see us competing for a top five position in the draft. I don't think there's, there's a lot of in between. I'm not, I'm not really sure. What are your thoughts on that? It, it's really interesting. I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you because I could literally see it going either way. 
Uh, I am curious about the chemistry between Drew Locke, because I'm, I'm, I've said it a million times on my podcast, is I'm all in on Drew Locke. I, I don't want to see Teddy Bridgewater be the starting quarterback. I just don't. Um, I feel like with Drew Locke, I mean, he hasn't even had a full official season, which is crazy to think about. So I'm, I'm hoping that he has more chemistry with his receivers. I'm, I'm hoping that, that it just finally clicks in with him. And if, if in my mind, if, if it does click with Locke and he's in, in I mean, you got Jerry Judy. I would imagine Jerry Judy's going to fix his drop problem. As much as he got shredded for that last season, I imagine I can't imagine him coming into the season and having the same issue with drops. So if he if he's dialed in and tightened up, and all of a sudden you got Drew Locke that's better, and with another year under his belt, you got Jerry Judy who's able to catch this year, and he has those killer you know routes and his speed. Plus, you got Hamler. And, I mean, I just – and then who's the, who's the new running back that they got? Because you got Gordon. Javante Williams. Javante Williams, he had some flashes. Again, it's preseason, one preseason game. But he looked like he was, you know, good. So, I'm hopeful for the Broncos. I could see them going 10-7. and seven. I could. I could see them – being second in the division. I could, but I could also see them shit in the bed again. I could see them being, you know, just winning five games again. And then if that happens, Vic Fangio has gone. And then you got a new ownership coming in and then it's just complete chaos again. So I'm hoping <laughs> I'm putting a lot of chips. Well, on hope, yeah. <laughs> But I would think, oh gosh, it's really hard because I go back and forth on it. I think, like, obviously, ever since Pat Bowen, unfortunate passing, like, it's it's pretty easy to say where this team has gone. Like, it's 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 been one of those things where we won the Super Bowl. Then after that, after Peyton left, Elway kind of he's still the man around town. Like there's there, you can't, nothing will ever change that. But at the same time, you're like, I think we need a little bit of a change here. I think that the bringing in George Payton, I think could be a really nice addition. Um, but ownership, I think that's where we're definitely lacking because if you look at situations like, like the Kendall Hayden situation last year, we all freaking dreaded that. Like that was one of the worst weeks of Broncos history, how we had a, throw in a guy who hasn't played quarterback since college and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I think if we had an owner of what of some stores, we could have easily had a guy to push back the league to maybe make it a Tuesday night game like we saw or whatever it may be. So because Bolin had his way. I mean, he was he was the guy who brought football to Fox. He, he, he did all these different things for the league. Now with no singular person, whether that be his daughter or her son or now someone completely different, like there's got to be someone to the league can either respect or look at and be like, okay, this person can, can lead these guys in the right direction. 
Absolutely. And just like any successful business needs that top dog to go in and, and fight every now and then. And they don't have that. They got this trust that is just a bunch of random people, essentially. And I hate to say that. I know uh, Ellis does more than just that. But to have that guy that's fully invested like Pat Bowen was, like this is his money, this is his baby. And every single player, every staff member was his baby, his friend, his his family member, essentially. So you don't have that guy, that person fighting. And you're exactly right. That game was a joke. The NFL should be embarrassed about that. And it sucks because the Broncos were just this, you know, held out to be this example, you know, and, and it was, like you said, it's the most embarrassing moment, I think, for the franchise. And I don't think it was really their fault, but it was just such a awful thing. But if you have an owner in place, I mean, success starts from the top. You got a great owner setting the tone, whatever company you're in, it, that success, that mindset trickles down. Right now, they don't have that. I mean, they just, like I said, they have a bunch of scattered, you know, they got the trust of how I don't even know how many people are in the trust, but it's just like, you don't have that one voice, that one voice up there saying, this is our, you know, motto. This is what we do. And we will, you know, they have Pat Boland's words uh, painted on the wall at Dove Valley, but he's not there to continue to voice those. And, and I think ultimately when we find out what's going to happen with the ownership, what is it next March? I want yeah, to say 2022. Push, yeah, they push it off till the end of the season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so until there's an actual owner in place, I don't see the Broncos. They might stumble upon success, in a sense, kind of like they did with Peyton Manning. I mean, Pat wasn't fully there at that time, but I can't imagine they're going to have solid success until they get an actual owner in place. And I think one of the things that like Broncos country and like, I think everyone in the building is a little bit worried about is what's going to happen when the bull and name is not at the head. And in my opinion, bull and name will be everywhere. Like it doesn't matter if, if his daughter is running it, if his son's running or, or whatever, I think we need to go just fresh start. I think I think we are the Bowen era. His they should they have the facilities named after him. They have all these things already. His name's in the Ring of Fame, Hall of Famer now. Like everything, he'll be cemented in Denver forever. But now I think it's a time to turn the page because, like I said, we turned the page from Elway to Peyton. Now I think it's time to turn the page from Bowen to the next the Bowen family to the next owner. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see see who. Let's say they they move away from the bull and family. And then it's going to be interesting to see what entity comes in to purchase the team and how are they going to spend their money? Cause they're not going to go slumlord on, you know, the Broncos, but I imagine that what's, what's weird and that I, I, I kind of worry of, are they going to go all in or are they just going to be like the Rockies and just try to go, can we just make, how can we make more money? And well, I just let's find success before we start, you know, worrying about, you know, party decks at, uh, you know, Bronco <laughs> Stadium. 
they're gonna I, I feel like whoever does end up coming away with the ownership is gonna have to spend enough money that there's gonna be implicit pressure to make sure that the team is successful or somewhat successful, whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. But I I feel like, you know, the way that everybody talks about Mr. Bolin and, and what he would want, he, he wasn't necessarily the owner that gets the team so that his family can keep it. I uh, I mean, look at the Bengals, Paul Brown had the Bengals so that he could hand it down to his son, Mike Brown, and they've been in ownership hell for the last 30 plus years. But Bolin yeah. would have wanted them in, instead of having the legal battle that his family's going through now and, and wanting to give it to somebody in his family, he would much rather just give it to somebody who's going to make them successful and continue what he built because it being his baby, he didn't want it to just be good while he was there and then have it all fall apart. He wasn't Jerry Jones. He was more – you know, I want to build the Broncos to be here every single year, and they're going to be one of the most important franchises in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely see see that. Is like you said, it's his baby. It's like I want to see my baby grow, whether it's with my family or not. So. And uh, one more thing I want to add on, because obviously this quarterback situation for the Broncos, it's not the most. Uh, it's, it's an interesting one because of Drew Locke, I think, should get the reins. But obviously, your uh, former, uh, your good friend, uh, Stink over there, was rumoring a number 12 coming into the orange and blue. Obviously, it didn't happen this year. Um, but do you, do you think that we could possibly see Broncos moving on from Aaron or moving on from Drew Locke at the end of the season and going after an Aaron Rodgers type player? Or do you think. Drew Locke can play himself into the role of being the guy and having this be his team for the next five, six, seven years. Well, uh, as we're doing this, we haven't even hit preseason game number two, but I would hope again, there's that word. Uh, I would hope that Drew Locke would take steps forward this season. And by the end of the season, we'd go, you know what? We don't need, uh, Aaron Rodgers, but everything that I've heard behind the scenes in regards to drew lock, it, it, there's a really good chance the Broncos are going to be pursuing somebody like Aaron Rodgers next season. And, and I hate that as a Broncos fan, I really hate that because I'm, I'm sick and tired of the quarterback carousel of like, who's going to be the quarterback this year. I don't, you know, is it going to be this guy or that? I would like it to be going into next season going, yeah, it's definitely Drew Locke. But everything that I've heard is he has a hard time grasping onto information and developing and becoming better. So if if that continues to be the trend, yeah, definitely expect the Broncos to be pursuing players like a Aaron Rodgers. But again, I'm hoping that's not the case. See, I'm in I'm in the spot where I'm a I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Like I I I think there's everyone who's not a Packers fan right now enjoys watching him play the game because he plays at such a high level and and he just does things to the team. And I'm in the state where I want Drew Locke to succeed. There's there's no doubt that I am hopeful that he gets us to the playoffs this year and that we can talk about that for years on the road. But I'm also big picture. This defense is good enough to win a Super Bowl. If we had a guy of Aaron Rodgers' level, I think this makes us a top three favorite up there with the Chiefs. So that's where I'm like just torn because 
Aaron Rodgers would be a guy for four years. It'd be a Peyton all over again, four or five mm-hmm. years, but those would be successful years. We'd be playoffs every single year. We'd be competing for Super Bowls, blah, blah, blah. But then again, we're, we're doing this all over again in five mm-hmm. years, and then we're back to square one. So that's where it's going to be interesting to see because, I mean, if everything was true this offseason, how Aaron Rodgers wanted to play here, mm-hmm. then I don't see why not. Unless yeah. Drew Locke makes us to takes us to the the Super Bowl or NFC Championship, I think it's a it's a done deal that you gotta try to um, try to go after it number twelve. Yeah, and yeah, I guess. It, well, would you say that? What's the benchmark for Drew Locke then? Would you say because I is it just he plays well and they make the playoffs or do they have to go deep in the playoffs? I think if, if they make the playoffs and we get roasted in the first round, I think that's still, that's something to look for. Yeah. Look else, not necessarily look elsewhere, but contemplate getting Aaron Rodgers in. I don't think that, I mean, we talk about possibly other quarterbacks, Deshaun Watts is a name pop up. If he didn't have any sort of scandals going on for whatever reason, that's the guy I would want. That's because, because he's a younger guy and that'd be a more, suitable guy for the near future. Aaron Rodgers would be a four-year whatever deal guy. So I don't know. If like if Drew Locke can get this team to an NFC championship, then I say to hell with Aaron Rodgers because the price tag may be just too steep or you give up Bradley Chubb, KJ Handler, and I'm like, I already don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So but if we if we fall apart and this defense can stay intact, then I think you have to go after 12. Absolutely. I can see that. So, uh, as far as the AFC West, if we had to get your prediction as to who's going to win that division now, is anybody ready to challenge the Chiefs, or is it it's Master Chief uh, and, and Kansas City going to win this win the AFC West? I was thinking about that. Um, I could honestly see the Chargers surprising. Oh, don't say that. That hurts so bad to hear. Oh my God. That's uh, like, I chalk, that's like nails against a chalkboard. <laughs> don't I do don't, that. <laughs> I don't, I don't see them ultimately doing it, but I could see them really pushing the chiefs. I could obviously a Herbert. There's something special about that guy, but he also may have been a fluke. That stuff happens, but there's something special going on there. And also, it's hard, really, to be honest, it's hard to go against somebody like Chris Harris. He's a good guy, former Bronco. It, it hurts seeing him in that jersey. Austin, Austin Eckler, too. Austin Eckler, former uh, Eaton, Colorado, Eaton High School graduate as the running back there and, and doing big things out there. So as much as the Chargers are difficult to root for, they have a lot of guys that I wouldn't mind seeing have some success. Right. And so I, I guess I would – I would lean towards the Chargers. But that being said, kind of going back to the Broncos, there is this – there's so much that surrounds Drew Locke. If Drew Locke can get his head on straight and just play well, the Broncos could be that team pushing the Chiefs. I mean, I – I mean, you just don't know. But there is so much – that relies on drew Locke playing well that i mean if he if like i said before if he shits the bed and sucks you know basically or just isn't great then yeah then i'll i'll put my chips in on the chargers but i just i there's just too much around the broncos where i'm like i don't know i want to say yes 
but I don't know for sure. That's a bad answer. I'm sorry. No, I I think that we all knew that it was the Chiefs' division to lose. Nico doesn't like to admit it most of the time, but it is the Chiefs' division right now. The Chiefs uh. are the team in the division that I like hate the least because, I mean, I hate the Raiders of Brady Passion. Chargers right there. But, like, the Chiefs, I'm like, most of my life the Chiefs were irrelevant. So, like, it didn't really matter a whole lot. So, <laughs> Yeah, um, I I really but, hate the, the Raiders. The Raider, uh, usually, Raiders, yeah. usually the Raider, it's mo- I guess it's mostly the Raider fans that just drive me nuts. And then when I covered the Super Bowl where the Chiefs won and like the arrogance of the, the Chiefs fans out there and they found out I was from Denver and they're just trying to, you know, talk crap to me. I'm like, dude, come on, back up. You're still not I Denver, just, I'll tell you that. You got a ways yeah. to go, buddy. <laughs> no kidding. They only got to win one more to tie, so uh, that's something. Uh, then do you have uh, any ideas on the NFC West? Where We said that we would talk a little bit about the NFC West as well, but uh, I know Kyle Shanahan being out there, they, they were a team that was talked about a lot. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that quarterback situation? Because Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy and should be the guy, but they did just draft uh, – man, I can't think Trey of his Lance. name. Trey Lance. From, Trey Lance, yeah, from North Dakota State, and and there's the conversation going on about who should be quarterback there. Um, well, what are you kind of thinking about for the a- a- NFC West and the 49ers as a whole, Scott? Uh, I could see the 49ers running away with the division. I mean, it just – I don't focus too much on, on that division, but that being said, you got uh, John Lynch running things as the GM and he just knows his shit. And I, you got Kyle Shanahan. He's just that young mind that just is, he's just thinking outside the box. Uh, Jimmy G, I don't see being their quarterback for very much longer though. And that's kind of where I'm kind of eating my words and saying, maybe they're not going to be that special this year. And I think they might run into some problems. So I might actually retract that and say 49ers, yeah, maybe third place finish on them. That division is just super defense heavy. Like all the defensive lines in that division are star studded now with JJ Watt in Arizona, Aaron Donald in Los Angeles. Um, It'll be. And and as a Bronco fan, like I like to bandwagon the 49ers because they're everything I wish the Broncos were right now. Like I love, I love John Lynch when he was here as a Broncos. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan went to Cherry Creek where I went to school. Like I, that's that's like what I see. It's, that's because because I, I grew up with Mike Shanahan as a head coach here. Like mm-hmm. I, Shanahan's the restaurants right down the street for me. Like that, <laughs> that, that that's just like the team I, that I, that I was rooting for in the Super Bowl. Obviously against the Chiefs and. Um, I love the way they run their offense too, especially with the fullback tight end sets as a former fullback. I love Kyle Juszczyk. I love George Kittle. So I don't know what they're going to look like. I think if Jimmy G, I think that's another, that's another, the 49ers, I would almost say are in the same boat as the Broncos in a way, like, but in a different sense, they don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be, but they know everyone else is around them that can produce. Like, you know, your running backs are going to produce for you. Most are back there. You know, receivers with Ayuk. Um, uh, they brought someone else. I can't think of the name. But they got some good position players out there. So, like, 
that's just the biggest what if for them. But if I look at this division, I know it's tough to say because this guy has never won much in his career. But the Rams and Matt Stafford make it very interesting because yeah. they actually have a legit quarterback now. And that defense, if it stays as good as it is, Rams can make a lot of noise. I think that'd be cool, too. It'd be a good story because could you imagine Stafford just, you know, he spends his career in, in Detroit. Who wants to be in Detroit anyway? And then and then he moves to L.A. And then, yeah, I could see him having success. They're already, you know, praising him out there, too. And they're, and that's the, the other thing is, like, who, I don't even know who his backup quarterback is. And that's probably a good thing, right? I think it was some XFL guy. Yeah, it's uh, Wolford. Wolford. John Wolford. Right. Right. So nobody gives a shit about Wolford. (laughs) And uh, and that's a good thing for Matt Stafford because he knows he's the man. He's going in there after being, you know, essentially shit on all his whole career in Detroit. And now he's the man. He might be coming out a whole new quarterback. You know, it's might, but but I could – I I could see them, the Rams, running away with the division. I could see that. That makes sense to me. Those are both the two best head coaches in the division, uh, in Shanahan and Sean McVay. So I think that's a pretty safe assumption. Um, before we before we kind of wrap things up here, I did want to talk about your new your podcast, the Uncensored the Huff podcast. Um, because I, like I mentioned, I listened to the radio show first when you were producer there with Shalareth and Evans and, and Evans and Clatt. But the new podcast, what's been, what, what are the the best things about starting it? What have been the most difficult things about stepping away from a job that you're at for so long and basically, you know, not starting over but starting in something a little bit different? How, how's that transition been? Well, it was interesting because I didn't officially know I was going to do the podcast when I quit. Um, I was, there were some things that went on at the station and I made a a decision and said, Hey, you know what? Today's going to be my last day. And I go home. My wife and I had kind of talked about it previous of maybe it's time for you to leave the fan. And, uh, and I had been rolling around the idea of doing a podcast because I, there's always the, the format that I do now where I essentially just talk about whatever I'm interested in. I've wanted to do that forever, but I was never allowed to do that before because if I ever did that uh, associated with the fan, then especially the way I talk, uh, you know, with adult language, you, you, that's, you get reprimanded for that. Uh, so it was always something that I wanted to do, but I just never had the right opportunity to do it. So then when I quit, I was just like, I, I go home, I quit on a Friday and I go and start talking to my wife and she's like, so what are you going to do now? And then I talked to my father-in-law and he was like, you got to make sure you stay relevant. You got to make sure that people don't forget who you are because you take too much time off before you're out there again. I mean, you're, you're going to screw yourself. And I'm like, it's a good fucking point. So literally by Friday night, I'm working on the logo. I, and I just like, I was like, fuck it, let's just do it. And I'm talking to my wife. I was like, what should the podcast name be? And then I was like, let's just do the Huff Uncensored. Okay, cool. And then 
uh, I, I start building a logo, which I had no idea how to do, but I just, you know, started downloading some apps and figuring out how to do that. Essentially everything I've done is through my phone, which is just a, you know, God bless Android because I'm not an iPhone guy, by the way. So screw you iPhone guys. <laughs> Last well, time, no. it's, it's, a good thing that, it's a good thing that you waited till the end to tell us that. Because, uh... <laughs> Are you guys both iPhone guys? Yeah, yes. uh, nerds. <laughs> anyway, so so I do, so I do all my, uh, so I, I I start putting that together, and I'm like, I gotta I gotta put something out. So I so I at the time I was I I sign up for Podbean, which if you're gonna start a podcast, I, I that's what I started off as my host site. So I just would upload my audio to that. So I'm like, okay, I got a subscription to that. Uh, it wasn't very expensive. I mean, for a year, it was just over a hundred bucks or something like that. I was like, that's not that bad. And then, uh, and then I, by Monday I had a promo up running, teasing it. And I want to say by Wednesday or something like that, I had my first episode up and running of just essentially where I was telling my story. So I go from quitting on Friday and then essentially going home and kind of panicking going, Oh crap, what did I do to going, you know what, this is my opportunity that I've been waiting for to finally just go and be myself. So when you listen to these episodes that I do, it's just, it's just me being me. Like I'm, I'll dick around and I'll do silly voices. There's times where I'm like, I'm telling a story. Then all of a sudden I'll have like Sean Connery pop in, be like, you know, I'm talking about having uh, uh, when the Olympics, they were talking about, they, they had those cardboard beds to try to prevent people from having sex. So, which is stupid. Cause if you're like, you have to only be on a bed to have sex. This is stupid. Anyway. So, so I'm talking about that. Then all of a sudden I'll be like, that's fucking bullshit. And then, you know, and they have like Connery, you know, chiming in. And they'll be like, speaking of that, I banged your mother last night. You know, it was some stupid stuff like that. So I'll just constantly work in my characters. And sometimes it'll just be random other things. But it's, this is my voice that has always been wanting to come out. But I've never been able to. That's why I called it the Huff Uncensored because I was censored for so long. I mean, even at the end, I was getting frustrated because when I would pop on, um, they would dump the audio at times because they felt that I went too far on a joke where I'm like, I, what are you talking about? It wasn't even like over the line. And it's just like, you know, sometimes radio, you can be too sensitive and I was getting sick and tired of that. And it's just like my true voice needed to be heard. And that's why I did the fucking podcast, essentially, really. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like Frank Caliendo. And like, I love people like listening, people do voices. Is that something that you kind of just like listen to people's different people's voices? You kind of hatch on to something they say or because I've always found it interesting how people can like figure out how to do different voices or do different things um a lot of those lines that's something you like well i love this guy this guy this guy and i want to be able to talk like them is that something you kind of like learn over time or yeah. is that something that you just you just enjoy doing it's funny because i was listening to matthew mcconaughey talk he was giving some uh 
college speech. It was, you know, you know, those things pop up on like Facebook and stuff where they're like, this will change your life. Listen to Matthew McConaughey. I'm like listening to it and be like, this is fucking powerful. And then, but I'm listening to it and I'm like, I like the way he talks. And when I listen to it and I'm like, he, he, he has such a, a slow draw and I'm like sitting there and it's really hard for me to get into that voice, but I have to like listen to him real quick. And then, and then, and then yeah, he, he's kind of like, uh, it's, it's, it's just a weird voice. It's hard. I, I'm almost embarrassed to even try it, but it's just like, things are crazy. There's an air turbo, you know, and like, you just got to find like a few things, like kind of like the, um, like with Sean Connery, the reason I started trying to do the Connery voice was if you guys ever saw the movie Highlander back in the day with Christopher Lambert, you, you guys may have never seen it, but the, he's in it. And it's funny because he's, he's, he's in real life, he's Scottish, but he's yeah. playing a fucking Spaniard, which yep. just what? But anyway, there's a scene where he cuts the main bad guy's neck and he's like, I see I improved your voice. And I'm like, oh my God. So like whenever I have a hard time getting into the Connery voice, because sometimes that happens, I just kind of go back to that because that's like my my origin of Connery. But Nico, to kind of go back to it, there are guys where you're just listening. I've always wanted to spend more time in kind of, I want to work on doing Christopher Walken because like everybody, there's like so many people that can do Christopher Walken, but I just... I've never spent that much time on it. And he has just such an interesting draw. He's, a, he's on a delay. Like, uh, yeah. like to do the hit. Yeah, and he's like, uh, you, you see this watch? Yeah. I yeah. shot this watch from your father up my ass. You know, and it's just like, wow. It's just, he just, I just like that voice, but there's, there are people you listen to like, oh, that's funny. And it annoys my wife because I'll be watching movies sometimes and I'll be like mocking, you know, whoever's talking and be like, you know, I, I can't do it. I have no examples for you, but you know what I mean? And it just drives her nuts. And now my kids do the same thing. My son will be like, hurry up. Like just mocking people essentially. Did you have any, uh, uh, sports, uh, Record, record or sports impersonations because I know a huge one is the John Gruden one. I, I always find the John Gruden ones hilarious. Well, the John Madden ones are pretty good. Um, do, you have, do you have any of the sports ones or any ones that you want to learn? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I should try to do. I think uh, we did a bit once bef- right before I quit where I was doing like who was it? What it was John Gruden, and he's just an interesting guy. And he's just, he, yeah, I, I want to get better at Gruden. I could never do Madden, but you know, you listen to Frank Caliendo and he just, you know, he, you can tell he works on those voices constantly. And uh, I've met Frank before. And by the way, he is one of the nicest dudes ever. Just a great guy, very humble. Uh, But I've seen him just, he just rolls into the voices and he does have those set guys like Barkley. Barkley Barkley's a funny voice. You know, he's like, that's terrible. <laughs> like, essentially, that's, you know, you just have to go back to 
that's terrible. And then like, you can kind of say a bunch of other stuff that kind of sounds like it, but as long as you can nail down the that's terrible or whatever, he, however he, uh, Caliendo says it, it kind of makes it work. Um, who else does he do? But yeah, you, you get my, uh, my point is like, there's, I would like to do a Gruden and I need to practice those. I listen, I, I'm not going into the radio station anymore. My kids are at school now. So I got time to just like dick around and maybe next time I pop on with you guys, I'll be able to do a, you know, John Gruden and, and you know, John Madden maybe, but I, I would like to do a Peyton Manning and I've Ooh. tried to do that one, but that's just, I've never heard anybody do an impression of him. I, know, I can do I Brandon think, yeah. Stokely. I can do Brandon <laughs> Stokely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Pay, Go pay, ahead. Uh, pay, Peyton has a, has a, Oh, like there's a certain way to it. One hundred percent, his voice has a certain tone to it, but like it's very, very hard to like try to replicate it. I guess it's the New Orleans. Yeah, it's the New Orleans draw, but it's like super deep and slow. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's really weird, and I would love to be able to do it, but I've never. I have sat there for like five minutes basically and i've tried to do it but it's just it's it's an interesting voice i would love to be able to do it but i don't know if everybody would get it other than because uh, uh, he does he did that snl skit where he's yelling at the kids and everybody thought that was hilarious <laughs> still one that of is one of the best though. yeah i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> i love that go sit in the border I potty oh you catch go sit in the border potty it's not that hard Funny thing is, that's how he talked to all of the pros that he played with, too. Because I saw a oh clip last God. night. He was on the hot mic in Indianapolis, and his tackle didn't pick up the blitz. He's like, God damn it, Dally! Mm. In the middle of the play as he's getting sacked. Uh, he was, do, you, do you guys think you could handle playing for a guy like Peyton Manny that was is so demanding? I think uh, I could. I think I, think I could. I've, I've played for some – Coaches that obviously are not Peyton's level demanding, but uh, I've gotten to, to a point where it's that way. I think, I don't know. Like, I, I loved being tested almost. Like, I love, like, like perfection. Obviously, I'll never be able to reach perfection in anything, but, like, trying to strive towards that I think would be cool. But, like, knowing the guy he is outside of football, I think it's it's a, I'm, I would be able to deal with that inside the lines because I know inside the lines Peyton's going to be his hard ass. He's going to be making sure I'm on top of my game because he's that successful. But off the off the field, I'll go catch a Rockies game, Nuggets game with him, whatever, and I'll be just fine. So I think I could probably handle it. Okay. Yeah, I think if you're on the same page, I mean, I he, he reminds me a lot of the Michael Jordan when I was watching the Last Dance, and he's like, I'm on everybody because I do that to myself anyways. So if I'm going to do, if I'm not harder than I am on myself on you, it really just means I want to make sure we all get better. So if I see that in somebody, I can deal with it a little bit more. If it's coming from like Paxton Lynch would have tried to come in one day and be like, listen, guys, <laughs> you know, the best way that we can be successful is if we just go out there, I'd be like, shut, shut up, dude. You, you just logged off Xbox before you got in here. So just, just leave me alone. But uh, Peyton. That's, that's the other that's the other sports impression I can do. Paxton the Pirate. Yar, I be Paxton the Pirate. Oh <laughs> I be throwing God. the ball far. Yar. He looks just like the, what is it? Who is it? Bucky the Pirate for the Buccaneers. Remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah the that's, that is Paxton Lynch. It's weird. 
Anyway. Surprised he didn't get picked up by them. But they ended up getting this guy named Brady. So I guess it worked out better yeah. for him in the, in the long run. <laughs> um, what uh, what kind of direction do you have for your the Huff Uncensored? What is the end goal? Because um, you said it started out of a flurry of different events. So now that you've had time to kind of settle into it, what do you think is going to happen with your podcast? Uh, obviously the, the numbers are going up and up and that's all I can ask for. I'm very happy with each month they're increasing and I just, I just want to ride it as long as possible. Uh, I just got merch. I'm excited because I got, you know, the Huff Uncensored t-shirts. I got hats coming. I am surprised with the reaction that I'm getting from people. Like I, I was out and about the other day for an event for my kid's school. And I had a couple, you know, fans of the podcast come up and they start, they start talking they're like episode 40. What the heck was that? And I'm like, what the dream that you had? And I'm like, what? Oh, I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that thing. And then it was just cool because you know, I'm seeing that people are enjoying it. Uh, I'm enjoying it. As far as what's next for it, I, th I think, you know, what I get, I, I do need to start setting some more goals on it as far as I want to get more set up with the video. Uh, right now, I'll do video clips of kind of the best moments and use those for promotion of the show. But I'd like to get to the point where I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing like you guys, where you're doing a video version of, the, of it. And I like that. Um, and part of that is there's times where I do an episode and I'm like, I did not like that part. And then I just go back and cut it up and try to make myself sound prettier. But so I, I gotta, I think that's eventually one of my next steps is getting it available on video stream. Um, I, 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 it's nice that I was able to team up with mile high sports and I'm under their umbrella for podcasts, and that's cool. And their podcast um, category, their 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 library is getting bigger and bigger. They just signed Troy Rank as well, and that's cool. I mean, he's he knows everything Denver Broncos. He's the guy, so that's really cool. Uh, I think right now I'm just going to continue going and doing what a what I'm been doing i think coming up in the regular season i want to do um after every single broncos game i want to do more of an uncensored reaction to the broncos you know you kind of have those you tune into the radio station and they might be a little harsh at times but they're not fully honest about what's happening and i would like to lend my voice to that mix and just if you've listened to my episodes, like I don't mind saying certain things. I'm not out here to, you know, kiss the Broncos butts or whatever. I want to, I want to be me. And that's one thing that I have on the horizon is doing uh, some post game reaction and being honest. I don't want to be a dick about it either. I don't want to be all negative. And that's one of the things I'm trying to do with my podcast is not be it's, negativity is the easiest sell in media. That's why misinformation spreads so easily is because you can just throw out anything that's negative has a negative uh, tilt on it. 
and it'll just spread like wildfire. It's an easy sell. Uh, I'm trying to stick closer to the positive, but I, there's just I'm human. So there's times where I can't help but be negative. And, but with negativity is in my mind, that's just me being honest. So that's kind of what's up next for me is that, and then kind of like you guys doing more of the video version of the, of the, uh, the podcast as well. I, I think, uh, I mean, Nico can attest to this and I told you before we run into a lot of technical difficulties, but, uh, we have been able to learn. So I, we, we had a YouTube channel like three weeks before we actually put anything out there because we would film stuff and look at it and go, I'm not putting my name behind that at all, but we'll fix it. We'll take it and learn from there. So I guess, you know, you say similar to what you were saying about, um, getting into the radio business and just being available, I'd say one of the bigger things, you know, and I, I wanted to get your take on it, but like one of the biggest things about podcasting is just doing it and getting it out there in front of somebody more like a consistency thing, not availability, but a consistency. Yeah. And, and like, I, I try to do episodes. I do two a week and I'll do one on Monday and Thursdays. And if I do extra, I do extra but they will always be there on Monday and Thursdays. And one thing before I forget is for, for anybody that's getting into whatever realm in media is, and my wife gets irritated with this sometimes, but the only way you're going to get better is if you're what's called air checking yourself, where you're going back and listening to it. I go back and listen to every single episode I've done and I might listen to it a couple of times and I pick out the parts that I like, and I pick out the parts I don't like. And then I try to build on that to see, to make myself better and to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do for the listener or in, in your guys's case too, the, the, the viewer. So always going back and going, okay, yeah, I could have said that better. Or I should have paused a little bit more and really thought about my answer. So, or, or whatever. Because uh, like when I first started doing this, uh, the first couple episodes, I didn't, I didn't have anything written down other than like a few bullet points. And, and I was a little scatterbrained. So then like in radio, you usually have a rundown. And like you guys sent me your rundown. And you guys do a great job of that. So that's kind of what I started doing again. And I was like, I don't know why I wasn't doing that the first few episodes. Cause I would just like veer off and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. <laughs> so, but they're, they're still good episodes, but it was just like very just out there. But so like, if you're starting out in any realm of media, you got to keep yourself organized. I, I met with a guy this morning who's starting up a podcast and he was wanting to see my setup and ask me how I did it. And I showed him a rundown and he's like, Oh, Oh shit. That makes sense. I was like, yeah, dude. I was like, otherwise I, I might talk about the same thing twice. Cause like you just get rolling and next thing you know, you're like, wait, did I already talk about this? Or no. And I did that in an episode and I had to go back and <laughs> cut it out because I was like, I already brought that up. I'm such an idiot. But it's like there's but that but again, go, rolling back to it, it's just like always making sure that you're going back and listening to what you've done. And that's only a positive thing. Get feedback from other people. Uh, 
and, and go, hey, what did you like? And the, the hard part is some people just, they'll just want to nitpick. But ultimately, you got to be like, what did you like? Give me something that you liked and maybe something you didn't like. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my advice to people to starting out. And like what you guys did is you put something out and before you officially start promoting it, go back and watch and be like, ah, fuck, that sucked. Or I didn't like that. I could have been better. And that's the only way you're going to get better is by by doing stuff like that. Right. Well, uh, Nico, you want to get into our rapid fire questions so we can get Scott out of here and it- take his wife off a of babysitting duty of course so so the rapid fire we've done this with every guest we've have on we've had on so all we do is we'll ask you jimmy and i will trade off asking you questions they can be one word answers they can be five minute long answers okay. they can be however however you take it um so easy enough so okay. first first one first one i got um who is the, your favorite person that you got to interview or have a conversation with in the world of sports oh my god uh the fa- my favorite person to ever interact with um that's a very god damn it <laughs> you should have given me a heads up on this i am not a rapid fire I, that's, a, that's the that's the rapid fire you just you don't know yeah. what's gonna be thrown at you yeah my brain my brain moves very slow uh, geez, I would have to say, God dang it. You know, probably the best guy I ever got to interact with, I would say would be Joel Klatt, I guess. And I know that I didn't interview him or anything like that, but, but working alongside with him, he, he would be so drained working, you know, with the Rockies on the road, he'd get like two hours of sleep, basically stumble into the studio every morning and he'd be like, hey, Duff. And like, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to have a shitty show. And then as soon as the microphone popped on, boom, he was just full of energy. So he's, I would go to a gamer. Yeah, he's a gamer. Absolutely. He was always a gamer when he was playing, too. He's a Colorado legend, especially those CU, CSU games when it was him versus BVP. I, I, yeah. still, I still remember <laughs> those Rocky Mountain showdowns. Uh, my first rapid-fire question, most famous person you've ever stuck your hand in their mouth. Uh, that would be Terrell Davis. Yeah. I, I just wanted you to tell that story. <laughs> well, I was fixing – we're on Radio Row in Minnesota, and he he was wearing – I put him put the headset on him because we're in break. I got Schlereth and Evans on the other side of the table, and the microphone I put on, on him, the microphone had a tendency to twist up. So I put the headset on him, and I'm like, hey, TD, real quick, let me fix your microphone. And he looks at me and, and he's like, go ahead. And then I grab it and then I'm, I'm twisting it. And then he moves his head as I'm twisting it. This is all his fault, by the way. And then I twist. So he, he moves his head and my finger just goes right in his mouth. And I'm like, oh, I just stuck my finger in your mouth. And he's like, yes, you did. I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. And then, of course, Schlereth and Evans see that and they're like we've got to talk about this because they're just like their eyes are just like wide and their jaws are dropped and then if sure enough as soon as they pop on the air like 10 seconds later they're like well this is how it started this is you know terrell davis the huff's sticking his finger in his mouth so yeah that really happened stuck your finger in the mouth of a former nfl mvp and two-time super bowl champion i've penetrated a hall of famer that's right 
right. Next one we got. Um, what is? What was your? Who was your favorite team? And I think I know where you're going with this. So outside the Broncos, that that you just enjoy watching the games, that you're like, man, this te- this is the team. Whenever there's a game on, um, there's a good chance I'm probably watching it. Who's who's your favorite team you've ever got a chance to root for? Uh, I would have to say the Avalanche, and it sucked because the past what is it two seasons where you can't. I, I have Comcast and I can't watch them, so I would have to say yeah. the Avalanche because growing up. I didn't. I wasn't a hockey guy, but the very first game I got to see of the Avs, I was doing promotions for the radio station, and they had extra tickets, and they were on the glass. So the very first hockey game I ever got to go to was on the glass, and it was the coolest freaking thing ever. And ever since then, I'm like, hockey is a misunderstood sport, and more people need to love it and if they gave it even a a little bit of a chance, they would fall in love with it. I can't explain all the rules and that's fine, but I still love watching the game. And I am so impressed with how, you know, they play and how fast they are and how tough they are. They're freaking talking about all balls. That's hockey players, man. I just in awe of them. We are a big avalanche podcast, so that's good. Good. We're we cover them a lot. Uh my my next question for you, would you rather wrestle Mark Schlereth again or wrestle a, a live grizzly bear? Because that puts <laughs> you in the hospital with a few broken ribs wrestling the, the grizzly bear from Alaska. What what do you think you could do? Who would you rather go up against? I go against Schlereth, but I would try to uh as he's rolling on like he as he's you know, flipping me over, I would try to do something where I end up on his back. I would try to just do something. Uh, I don't wrestle, but I'm imagining in my head that it's possible that I could end up, you know, on top of his back and put him in a chokehold. That's I, Grizzly Bear is just going to kill me. Yeah, that was crazy when he broke my ribs and he hurt his wrist really bad because he 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 landed on top of me, but his wrist is what broke my ribs or his his hand so his his 260 some pounds landed on my ribs and in between was you know his his hand and it just cracked my rib or whatever my ribs so yeah I, i was surprised seeing him actually lateral drop you on regular floor because i wrestled forever and I was like, you don't lateral drop somebody unless you're on a mat. They're not really going to do that. And then there Dude, goes Jimmy. the huffs. Yeah, Jimmy, it was funny because, like, we we walked, did a walkthrough before, and he's like, I'll do it gently and cradle you down. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Okay. And then right before, before they hit record on, on the phone, they go, he whispers to me, he's like, I'm, I, I thought about it. I'm just going to have to go fast. Don't worry. You'll be fine. <laughs> and then it happened. And to be honest, uh, I, he, when you see the video, I don't know if they still have the video available somewhere, but like my whole head was red. I couldn't breathe. And what was funny is manage. There was like three different managers watching this whole thing. Not one said, maybe it's a bad idea. <laughs> oh, let's just go for it. Let, let it rise. <laughs> this is gonna I didn't get mind so many that. Hits. It's for a video. 
that was their that's still their most popular video they've ever done and then yeah. the, i then i later that night i i couldn't i've never broken a rib before and i go to the hospital because i was like i don't what if it's poking something yeah i don't want to right. die so yeah then i did a video from the hospital room and that had like half a million views or some crap like that stupid they were also they kept it going too because they would talk about it and be like, the same way they would make fun of you for always being on vacation like did he really right. break a rib or yeah. is it just bruised and he's just milking it he's like i need a couple extra days so they they played it up yeah. It, yeah. it ended up it was a bad situation but i think it ended up working out pretty well yeah it was it was fine it was one of those things where that what you're talking about them get you know you know jabbing me you know oh he's on vacation or i don't think he really broke his ribs it's funny because every time he would do that i just i'd be i'd either if i was at home or whatever i'd be just be like you're a fucking dick and then he'd just be laughing like a little kid like he didn't care yeah. it, and i didn't care either because it was just all part of the joke it right. was fine but I, but I really did break my ribs yeah Nico, what you got? That's, that's last last couple here. My last one I got for you. What is the coolest sporting event that you've gotten to cover? Like, I think you'll probably say Super Bowl Fifty, but if you had yes. to pick one one event, I'll say outside Super Bowl Fifty. What was the coolest no, sporting event? That's you the to coolest know? thing ever. <laughs> Dude, that's that that Super Bowl Forty Six. Was it or Forty Seven? Not 48. that one. Forty Eight. Forty Eight. Forty Eight. I didn't get to cover that one. Uh, I I. How can I not say Super Bowl 50? I covered, I knew the Broncos were going to win that game on the, that Monday because I'm covering media day and all the Panther players are acting like they already won. They're talking about what they're going to do the after the game and all the parade and stuff. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And then the Broncos come out and they are just pissed off. They know that their one job was to go out there and beat the shit out of the Panthers. And I was like, whoa, that in like, I knew it. And I even get, I just got chills. Cause I remember that moment of going, they're going to win. They're going to do it. So I don't know how Nico, I can not say that's the that's coolest. Fair. That's fair. Ever. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that, that's, that, that is crazy. Like say about that. Cause like, I remember the whole Super Bowl week. All we ever heard about was like, "Oh, Cam Newton MVP." Like, there's not, there's not a single person or single, single team defensively. It doesn't matter how good the Broncos are, that can slow him down. Like, I don't know how he was. And, and I, like you said, when you were covering the, the Broncos team, it was just different. Like, forty-eight Super Bowl forty-eight was cool to be there. Super Bowl fifty wasn't cool to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. They were pissed off because they were embarrassed in forty-eight. So they're just like, "No, this, this needs to be done." And they did it, and they freaking delivered. That was cool. That was so cool. I think uh, I don't. I don't have any more. I got the two stories that I wanted out of you. So I think uh, okay. we'll give everybody a chance. Uh, Scott, where can people find your podcast, and where can they follow uh, your podcast and get your merchandise, everything like that? Okay, uh, you can download the pod. Not download. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you can. Anywhere you find your podcast. So uh, you know whether it's Apple or iTunes or Spotify, just search DeHuff, D-E-H-U-F-F, and then DeHuff Uncensored will pop up. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at DeHuff Podcast. I couldn't do DeHuff Uncensored. It pissed me off. It was like one letter too big, so I just switched it to DeHuff Podcast. 
Uh, and then DeHuff Uncensored on Instagram. Also have a page on Facebook as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And then you can also just check out my website, DeHuffUncensored.com. All the great stories that he told uh, on this show, he has even more. And then he, he also doesn't... We brought Scott on knowing that he wasn't just a sports podcast, but we wanted to get uh, him in front of our listeners because I know we have a good listen amount of listeners from Colorado and they probably recognize your name. Then we also have uh, some other you know reaches and it's always good to kind of cross promote stuff. So we thank you a lot for coming on here. Uh, you, you don't know uh, how, how much this meant to us and how cool this is going to be when we finally do put this out. This has been an awesome, awesome time. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Continued success to you guys. You guys are in your second season. Is that what it is? Yeah, second year now. Year, yeah, second year. year That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so, again. Thank you again, Scott. Like I said, I, my, when Jimmy, when Jimmy told me about your show, like I started listening to the episodes and I was like, Oh my God, this guy's hilarious. And, and, and he's, he's awesome to listen to. So I, I look forward to listening to some more of your shows and, and going on forward. You're going to like the uh, Mothman prophecy, the Mothman one. Did you listen to that one yet? I that have was not, interesting. No. It's interesting. And then there's the lady that crashed in the Amazon on her plane. And then she okay. was like 17 years old, 17 years old. And she survived like 10 days in the Amazon. Freaking nuts. Okay. Plus, um, plus I talk about, you know, zombie apocalypse, what you would do, all this stuff. I there listen, it's whatever I feel like talking about, but I also throw in Bronco conversations as well. So listen, it's it's entertainment based, but if you guys ever uh you know want to reach out to me, you can uh, just hit up me hit me up on my website, thehuffuncensored.com. As for our show, you can follow us at FEOTB Pod. We're also available on, on all the different podcasting platforms. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll be able to see the video version of this whole interview, plus our other segments that we post on there. Uh, be sure to subscribe and ring the notification bell. But for myself, thank you very much to our special guest, Scott DeHuff, and my co-host, Nico Bryant. Be sure to uh, check out the DeHuff Uncensored podcast, and we will catch everybody next week. Peace. Thanks, guys. This is my blues Because I'm back down on my own again This is the blues I'm playing Yes, it's a final thing When the night is cold and low This is a dollar bell beat. Was it the money that made me sell?